lots of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. The question is, how do you quantify it? How do you measure how good it's doing? And the only thing I can come up with is the word wellness. I just feel like everything is running on all cylinders. So I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm not running a marathon, but physically I feel very, very good. The only thing I can compare to is a young, healthy kid. He only has a problem when he notices it. Otherwise, he's just living life to the fullest. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code KATE. Isn't common sense supposed to be common? The struggle is real, my friends. The Kate Daly Show starts now. I was born in a cellar at home, delivered by Dr. McGraw. We had one bedroom for my sister, myself, and my parents. We had a half bath and a kitchen. Seven and a half years we lived in that place. There was no welfare. There was no food stamps. There was no safety net. But I always had plenty to eat. Because every time I asked for seconds, my dad would say, no, you had plenty. (laughs) But the reason I was born with a silver spoon, my dad had only gone to the third grade. That's all the education he had. But why was I born with a silver spoon in my mouth? Because I was taught by my parents. The life's a matter of making choices, wherever you are, good or bad, because of choices you make. Don't blame anybody else, but if you get an education, you're willing to work and overcome problems and difficulties, in this great country, you can amount to something. That's how I, that's why I was born with a silver spoon. I was in this country and I was taught personal responsibility for choices you make. Last hour on a Friday. How are you today? I hope your Friday's going well. How are you, John the Wheelman? I'm doing great, Kate. Yeah, yeah there's I'm glad always you're with there's me. always something fun about Friday. I know. What is it? It's like yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just, just before Thanksgiving coming something up. Something in the air. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like the crap of the week is way <laughs> in the rearview mirror. <laughs> it's not Hump Day. It's Friday. Yeah. Yeah. No are matter. you a, are you a Thanksgiving? I love Thanksgiving person. I smoke a turkey. I oh. deep fry a turkey okay. and we bake a turkey. And you bake a turkey. Nice. Yeah. Okay. But the hardest thing is the smoke is getting yeah. those little zigzag papers to stay stuck onto it. Oh. Get it zigzag, <laughs> ro- or, you know, rolling a joint. <laughs> See, you, I'm a little uh, yeah. slow on Friday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what can I say? No, we we do uh, that many turkeys because we. Well. We are hardcore yeah, Thanksgiving. Hardcore, like, yeah. Oh, just yeah. everything, everything. It, oh, yeah. It's six hours to get it ready, 15 minutes to get through it. Right. You know. We have a pie per person. I mean, it's Literally, bad. It's bad. I know what you mean. Yeah, I love pie. So it's, it's America. We're supposed to be wasteful. I know. And I do the Tom Woods turkey, by the way. 
Uh, Tom Woods, um, you know, every year makes his turkey because I had him on the show clear back when I was starting mm-hmm. radio, like a couple years into radio. Okay. And uh, and he shared his turkey recipe with me. Okay. And Tom Woods is an amazing writer. Get his books. But uh, so so he stuck uh, oranges and um, onions in the turkey. Okay. Oranges and onions and then put oil on the top with all kinds of herbs. And it's simple. So good. You never open the oven door mm. two and a half hours later. Dunsky. Mm. Anyway, it's very good. So we use it every year. Okay. It's kind of a habit at our house. But I uh, will never let you taste one of my turkeys because then you'll go, I've been driving a Volkswagen with John's got a Lamborghini. <laughs> Mercedes. No, I, I no, spent a, a lot of time. Is it I, that good? About three days okay. on each turkey. Wow. Working. The, yeah. I do the brine solution for 24 hours. Yeah, there you go. Dry them off, let it sit for a day. And then I inject them and with the liquid smoke. And all this is worth it. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> I've got nothing else to be thankful for this year, but my darn turkeys. All righty. Yeah. Um, you're, yeah, you're very serious about your... Oh, yeah. I'm an eater. I'm you know, a foodie. You're so funny. <laughs> I was uh, I was, I was, was looking at kind of a depressing topic, and... That's, was, that's why you know, called me in today, huh? That's why I called okay. you today. And um, yeah. honestly, quite honestly, I, I really want you to chime in on this, because I know that you're going to have something to say about this, but okay. we live in the land of plenty. I mean, really and truly, yes, we got the we really I mean, we have a lot. Okay. Everybody has way too much. Yes. We have to have storage units for our stuff because our stuff doesn't fit under our roofs. I mean, or that's, in our yard. Our yards are completely full it's too. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, some, yeah. some yards have all their stuff on it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. That's Dixie. And it's, ta- and it's tacky, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this and I, I've done a lot of study on the depression. Okay. And. I was thinking about this because I I was reading articles. I've kind of got to tell you where I was to to kind of understand where I'm going with this. But I was reading some articles about the price of Thanksgiving and they were just like, it's going to be over the top, you know, Mm -hmm. and and trying to get things for Thanksgiving and people are sold out and it's going to cost more than ever. And, um, and I, and I realized so many people are in a panic. They're, they're, they're panicking because you can see the writing on the wall and Mm -hmm. you know that financially we're going to get hit tough. And they're saying it'll be worse than the, than great depression. The, the great yeah. depression. Do you think that? Are you on the same thinking as that? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be so horrific it's, that people will be living in the streets, literally. Yeah. And I hate to say that. I mean, it's a Friday show. You don't want to be like doom and gloom. But the, here's the thing, though. And it reminded me of um, of a story about my daughter. And okay. my daughter um, didn't get the... Um, class president thing in elementary school. She was running for, for class president in elementary school and a friend of hers got it. Okay. okay. A friend of hers got to be uh, president and she was really bummed about it. And I said, you know, I said, just think of it this way. I said, cause she was in like the fourth grade. Okay. I go, it's, it's her time to shine, not yours. Right. Mm-hmm. And you need to, you need to kind of think about this in another way and realize that it's her time to, to have this happen to her and you'll have achievements later on and you'll do wonderful That's things. That's so nice too, of you. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it was a good parenting moment. And so, um, amongst all my other horrible <laughs> ones, but, um, but I, but it changed her perspective and she was fine. And I, and the reason I say that is because once you can change your perspective on something, it doesn't Mm -hmm. become as scary because the one thing we always tell our kids at home is, uh, is, well, how bad could that be? Let's walk, let's walk through that. You're so afraid of X, Y, Z. What is X, Y, Z then? Let's talk about how bad it really was. Let's talk about how afraid you really are. Why are you so afraid? A lot of people keep hearing the words bigger than the great depression. And I agree. It's very uncomfortable. 
and it's mm-hmm. hard to listen to and it's hard to think that your lifestyle would change. But I think we're more afraid of the change than we actually, I mean, I know we can get through anything. Yeah, I know we yeah. can. And they did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So in the depression, there was only about, um, uh, we had about 125 million ish people. Okay. Okay. And 12 million, um, were on, uh, assistance at the time. Okay. And that blossomed a little bit through the years, through the thirties, but it, but pretty much it was, you know, I mean, the numbers, um, they're not as astronomic as you think they were. A lot of people just made do. A lot of people just got through it. And, and I just, after reading through journals, you guys know I love journals. I was reading through journals, and um, and this is kind of the bits and pieces of what that looked like back then. Okay. Because people would possibly lose their home, okay, but they were able to figure it out. They were able to get into another place or combine and get with another family. And I've read through a lot of journals because I love Americana history, but you have to see it through people's eyes in order to really understand what was happening. And so, um, so here's, here's a snippet of one of the stories. Okay. okay? Just in the, so you think great depression and you think everybody was dying of starvation and you think of it in a way in your mind, cause you see these pictures, but I, I just want you guys to know that, I know we can get through anything and I know how resourceful we are, but we've never really been given an opportunity to have to be so extremely resourceful like they were in this era. And honestly, I know you can do it. I can Mm -hmm. do it and stop letting the fear of what might come strangle you right now because a lot of people are feeling this right now. They're feeling such doom and gloom and the world's going to end this year. No, it's not. It's not going to end this year oh, and you're going to be okay and you can make <laughs> it through anything. So here's a little snippet. Cause I love, I love when people were writing back then. She said, uh, I don't remember what we paid for rent, but we could buy a week's groceries for five bucks. That did not provide a varied menu and was probably lacking in some nutrition, but we made do. If we had bacon for breakfast, I saved the grease to make gravy. We called it big white to put on bread for the next meal. We had some chicken. Sounds kind of good though. We had some chicken. (laughs) We had some chicken my mother had given me and, and helped me bottle and also a case of corn we had canned together. The corn had not been sealed and so it spoiled, but she was pregnant and she couldn't eat very much. And uh, she said they even fed a couple of people that needed their help because there were times when they had just a little bit extra, they could have somebody for dinner. And she said, you know, she said, at one point, my husband shoplifted a spice from the (laughs) grocery store so that we could go home and and make a pound of hamburger, but have some flavor in it. Mm. And she said, I just hope I'll be forgiven for that little infraction. But we were desperate and didn't have any money. And she was recognizing that people around her didn't even have two cents to rub together. But they all shared and they tried together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And in one account... Um, in one account, it was uh, a family saying that the socialist group kept still trying to push their narrative. And so the guy went up to the socialist group and he said, um, he said, well, if you guys believe in socialism, I just want you to hand me all of your vegetables because you should be forced to share with me. And I want your vegetables right now. And the guy looked at him like, I'm not giving you my vegetables. I'm just part of the socialist club. I love socialism, but mm. not really. Yeah, but not really. Not really. And so these stories of um, of cooking and furnishing and trying to get fuel and trying to do these types of things and sewing and going back to a lot of skills that we don't even talk about in this day and time, right? Mm-hmm. All of our clothes yeah. are made in China. Yeah. We don't even talk about it anymore. And so I just, I wanted everybody to realize, you know, at the end of it, what were their comments at the end of it? 
And at the end of it, this person was saying, look, um, no one thinks of those depression days as happy times, but in retrospect, they were not all bad. We all learn things about work and self-sufficiency and pulling together and appreciation and making the most of what we had. Things that have stood um, stood us and, you know, good stead the past 50 years. And I was thinking about that, you know, all the, 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 all of the journals that I've looked through for stories, do you know they all end like that? They all say, you know... It was a rough time. I mean, rough. We learned a lot about ourselves Mm -hmm. and we had to sacrifice like no other. And it was the toughest time, but I don't have bad memories of it. I actually go, well, it was, it just, it was what it was. And And we moved on and, and prospered. Right. Right after that, a couple decades later, um, incomes almost doubled and people were doing great. But I look back on, well, let me say it this way. If you're in total fear of what may come, mm-hmm. don't be, don't be. We're fighting every beast known to man. We're fighting the mandates. We're fighting what's in the shots. We're fighting. If you listen to yesterday's show, pretty horrific about yeah. what they have planned. But you know what though? We'll still all get through it. We'll still be okay. And at the end of the day, we might know how the story ends. And for Christians out there, you're going to know how the story ends. We got that, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can sit by and watch it happen. You, I think, honestly, you'll still be responsible for your part in trying to save this country. But I also believe that sometimes the fear of what we think our lives will be like, yeah. because we're starting to see suicides go up. We're starting to see a lot of um, a, a drug abuse just to be able to get out of this stressful situation. But I'm so hoping that people realize that these people made it out okay. They made it out okay. Yeah. And some for the better in some ways because one couple said, you know, all the things we used to do, once we had money again, we didn't go back and do them. Like we were like, no, we don't really need to do that. And we focused more on family. And they really kind of came together. And if you want to share anything like that, when we come back, I also want to play Paul Harvey. um, A clip from Paul Harvey. But I, I just... That message needs to be heard by your kids. It needs to be heard by your kids. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm coming to you with one of the most important commercials that I've ever done. All of you know what my pillow and myself have gone through in the last eight months in my efforts to bring the truth forward. Well, now you can help in a couple ways. First, get everyone you know to go to my new media platform, frankspeech.com. There you'll find all the footage from my cyber symposium and many other important broadcasts. Also, I am personally doing a new daily live show to get the truth out. It's at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Secondly, I'm offering some of the best prices ever on MyPillow products, but they're only available on frankspeech.com. Go to frankspeech.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to receive these exclusive MyPillow offers. Thank you and God bless. Make sure and put the code word Kate, K-A-T-E. This will get you up to 66% savings at MyPillow.com. The code word Kate, my first name, K-A-T-E. Help support Mike, help support this show, and help support yourself in getting some amazing amazing products. These are the best ones I've ever owned. Go to mypillow.com, code word Kate. Be right back. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. 
Muscle and blood and skin and bones A mind that's weak and a back that's strong You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt Saint Hi there, Peter, welcome back, Kate Daly How are you today? Um, so, I, I want to talk with you two about this, John, because okay. I have John, John the Wheelman with me. And... The reason I know I I probably sound like Gidget trying to be so so positive about you know mm-hmm. um, not having any food or anything and that's not the <laughs> that's not the case. You wanted a diet, well, you're gonna I get mean, one. I mean that's not the case. I I just feel like I feel like sometimes we don't understand how powerful we are and how how strong we can be. We don't. I think we've never really been challenged, mm-hmm. and and I think times are gonna get really hard. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just would want my kids to know you got this, you can do this. There's nothing you can't do. And I, I don't want kids to feel scared or total defeatist about the world. They've got to be able to have some confidence going into this. How are we ever going to have anyone fight for anything if they're scared to death yeah. about what's going on now? Market. You think, you think, what do you think about the market? Um, I think it's going to correct so badly in the next couple of months. Okay. If I were you, I'd get all my money out of the stock market and buy whatever, gold, Hmm. silver, platinum, anything that you can turn right around. Cause it's going to, it goes up and it goes down. And a lot of people don't realize that they just go, man, look at this. I just sold a hundred thousand dollar home for $5 billion. It's going to correct Mm -hmm. to a point. It's we're in Jimmy Carter days. And if you guys Mm -hmm. are ever... Around that time, we mm-hmm. had stagflation. Never done before. Right. Inflation with a recession at the same time. Too right. much money. Things cost too much, but nobody has any money in their pocket. Yeah, that's true. And, I actually think it'll roll along a little bit and we'll, we'll, I hope we'll get right. inflation to death. I mean, little box of cereal, 10 bucks. I, so then, I, I, I just see we keep going up, up, up. So then we have a separation of classes mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, rich and poor and that's it. No middle class. I know. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Well, kind of to change your subject back to what you started the hour on, which mm-hmm. was about Turkey. Yeah. You know, today the president talked about the whole pardoning of the Turkey thing. And I have always disliked that mm. because it's placating to the PETA vegan activity of like, right. oh, we don't eat meat. And right. I wish the one president would say, I'm not pardoning these two. I'm eating them. That's why they're called <laughs> roasted and smoked. <laughs> That's a man after my own heart right there. Very That's good. good. That's good. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I like me a steak. Um, yes. And I like my, I like my turkey. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I actually think though, I, I don't know that we'll see it. Well, I could be, you never know. I could be. Wrong, okay. You look at the I pictures. Just, just keep going. You look at the pictures of the old depression mm-hmm. and stuff. You always see them there by the side of their old truck and right. the dust bowls and everything like that. Well, we were talking about the numbers before, you know, 12 million people had, were on assistance we're, mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Well, I remember 2008, like it was just yesterday. Right. Phone didn't ring for almost three mm-hmm. years. My, yeah. it didn't ring. Right. I jumped into a truck. That's how I got the nickname of Willman. Right. I went from being at home every night to- You were to, resourceful. Yeah. Driving 150,000 mm-hmm. miles a year. Sure. You know? Sure. And you all my you fr- had to do. And all my friends lost their house. I kept mine. Yeah. So yeah. that's what scares me most is there's a lot of people that aren't willing to say, okay, I have a master's degree in business, but I'm going to go drive that cement truck over there all right. day long and break my back. You're right. I have friends that, are, well, I'm too educated for that. Well, you know what? You're going to starve to death. 
You're not, you're not eating my dog. I'm going to eat your cat first. Right. One of the one of the stories that I was reading was out of I think Chicago and uh, about the depression. And the woman said, "I watched my husband, who owned a printing business, made three hundred dollars a month at the time. That was a lot of money. They could mm-hmm. buy anything they wanted. Mm-hmm. And she he put on his overalls and he walked out the door. And she said, "I've never seen my husband in overalls." And she started to cry. And her uh, sister or brother said to her. Why are you crying? You got a, a guy who can do some things and he's willing to go do them. Exactly. That's amazing. You know, exactly. and, and you should be loving this right now. Good for him that he'll put on his overalls. And he made that living in his overalls for about a year and then got back to his business. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, it's just about being resourceful. It's about being prepared. I, th- the reason I do prepare with Kate.com and I'm telling you to get supplements ahead of time, like like uh, Z-Stack. Both of those are on the bottom of my, uh, web, my homepage. And I'm telling you, you know, get get clean start, get, get the the hand sanitizer. That's awesome. These are all things that you right now with the economy we have right now, still, Mm -hmm. you can go get and you can put on your shelf and I don't know what happens tomorrow. You don't know what happens tomorrow, but didn't you, you adapted in the 2008 and, and, and we all did, right? We all did. And yeah, there was some tragedy and there were some things going on. But when you go back to the depression years, it wasn't like every soul in our country was going through the most devastation they'd ever seen in their lives and starving. That wasn't the truth. And so there was a sector of society that was hit the hardest. And then the other sectors kind of maybe... Might have had a relative move in, or they, they, the kids moved back home, or whatever the case may be, but they were still okay. So when I'm looking at the future with this, and I know that that could be very, very devastating beyond anything we've actually mm-hmm. even have some history on. I don't know. Who yeah. knows? Um, and then I see how um, communist this is going. Um, yeah, that can that can that can take in kind of winja because you're. I know because I'm dealing with it every day, right? In the news yeah. and, and, and having to go through all this information. But truly, I, I feel like every single day I feel pretty at peace knowing that I signed up for this. Uh, God wants me here. And is there anything I, I can't get through? I don't think so. Yeah, I can get through any challenge. Right? I, I just want to be in decent health when it really yes. gets... Yes, I agree. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Yeah, Kate, I would just simply comment and say that um, the only problem I have, if we go through another depression similar or Mm -hmm. worse than the one we had in the Mm -hmm. 1930s, there's a big, 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 huge difference. That is, back in those days, people were a lot more uh, willing to work together. Today, we have... uh, I mean, look at look at how the cities are today compared mm-hmm. to even what they were back right. in the days of the 30s. I mm-hmm. mean, you read you read how people worked together in the 30s. It was a totally different world. I mean, for You're one right. thing, the morality in this country had just gone absolutely into the toilet. You're right, and people did not want assistance. That was embarrassing, and yeah. they did not. So, so assistance was new because before that, we had gotten money in totally different ways, and we got from tariffs instead of taxes, and that turned into taxes. But we also so so money was going out the door. But we also were in a system where you did not ask for help. That was embarrassing. It was horrible. You didn't want to do it. You didn't have people dependent on anybody system because they were raised to be self-reliant so mm-hmm. you and that's that's one of the reasons that that the numbers actually stayed kind of low comparatively to, yeah i mean yeah. i'm not saying that there aren't uh there aren't mm-hmm. people willing to work together there will be oh it's yeah just that 
things are going to be a lot worse from the standpoint, in my opinion, in the sense that in addition to all the public assistance out there, we also have more people strung out on antidepressants that, Mm -hmm. I mean, just think of what's going to happen when these people can't get their meds. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, will we will we be in the mountains? Yeah, because I want to be away from all this. Um, but I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we'll probably be pretty resourceful in this. But I really, I want these kids because they're going to have to bear a lot of the brunt of this. You know, if you were to ask yeah. me off the record and we were having dinner and, and you asked, you know, what do you think about kind of like end times? I would probably have to say more or less end of this decade is is going to be really rough and towards more of the end of the decade. Things always go along a lot longer than we actually think they are. And I know a lot of people think, no, a year. No, 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 no. I actually think it's much longer than that. And I, and I, and actually, I think that goes over a period of time as well. So you're you're talking about some time. But don't we have time right now? to be prepared and don't we have time to actually learn skills and to do things right now instead of watching tv couldn't we be learning skills and making our lives a little bit more prepared Well, the main thing this is why i keep telling people right now you Mm -hmm. know that um, if you want to uh survive and you're wanting to get away from all the chaos you're gonna have to get out of the cities just that's just all there is to it oh yeah I agree with you. I mean, really and true. There's no, yeah, you're going to have to. I would never want to be there. Thank you. Really appreciate your two cents, Sam. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I just, I think our kids are, are feeling stress that we did not, we never had to feel that as kids growing up, but I, and it's not, it's not like it's not okay to feel stress. Okay. Okay. I was raised different. Yeah. My dad always cried poverty. Really? He always, he'd, he'd be, oh, and one day my older brother was like, he, he goes, John, don't worry about it. And I said, man, he says, we're going broke. We're losing. And he goes, you notice every six months, dad buys a new Lincoln town car. And I went, no, <laughs> I didn't like, notice Wait that. A minute. <laughs> and he gets a new pickup the other six months. Something's wrong with this. And then one day I asked my dad why he always did that. And he goes, the people that act rich are mm-hmm. poor. And the mm-hmm. ones that look poor are usually rich. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. but that was, that's how I was, I like that. that's how I was raised. Yeah. But the question I got, these people that are offended by being called they or whatever mm-hmm. like that, they're the first going to go. Mm. If they, they don't know how to garden. I used to think gardening was such a waste of time. My right. mom thought it was therapeutic. Anymore, huh? No, this, that is something. Two, two years ago, I couldn't grow nothing. This year, uh-huh. we we killed it. Tomatoes, yeah. jalapenos, nice. watermelons, cantaloupe, nice. and we actually enjoy it. And it's every time I take a bite of a vegetable, I think I'm screwing the man. It's like <laughs> popping your truck into neutral coming down the hill. You're screwing right. the man. I like that. No, you it's know. very, very cool. I, I, I noticed in the stories that that was one thing. If people hadn't gardened, boy, were they learning how. Oh, they learn how to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I just think there's a lot of things like that that we can do, and we can set up systems, and we it's can a learn great, skills. It's a, and, it is a great skill. Mm-hmm. And that one caller... And the cities, we're becoming so tribal now because mm-hmm. they're trying to divide us and conquer us. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see uh, crime on Asians because of COVID and, and, and Black Lives Matter and, and everybody just the white supremacy and all that. Mm-hmm. that. They're separating us so that we can't work together. Right, right. If we all just, that's what's so great about a nice big hurricane <laughs> is everybody <laughs> comes so together and says, we're saving them and everybody pulls together. Right, right. And that's what America is great. Yeah. I mean, we pull together because I wish it would hurry up and happen. Like I said, I want to be in good shape. I'm still, I can still fight. Yeah. But I don't want to be that guy. Let me put my walker down there. Yeah. Kid. You know, I don't want to be 
sitting in some rest home going, oh, crud. It's yeah. all going down. I can't right. help anybody. And I can't help. I can't help anybody. Well, I just, we have a lot of work to do. And I think if there's anything you're going to help kids with, it's to learn skills so they have the confidence. You know, skills, at, not gaming skills, no, but no. actual carpentry. Yeah. And My kids were never gamers. I just, we just, we never allowed it. We just bought them sports equipment and that was it. Um, but I, I don't, uh, I don't think we know. I don't think we know the things we should know. And I'm talking about me too. I'm calling myself out too. Okay. I need to learn more skills. I need to know uh, how to do more things. And this is a great time to do it. And so I think the responsibility is on us. How, you, how prepared okay. are we going to be? Do you know how to skin an animal? I, I, I don't know if I could. I no, 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 no. If you're hungry no, enough, if you're hungry completely. enough, you'll pull a Dexter on anything. I don't like if anybody it. hunts. I have nothing against hunting, but no, I just no, no, no. I I'm saying you. I don't know if I could. I don't. You know need if to I go could. chop the head off a chicken, pluck it, <laughs> d- dick, uh, stick it in the boiling water, and pluck it all, and see what a headache and a hassle it is. I, you're I, talking about learning here. I know, but I'd lose my appetite. I, I just don't know. If I you would appreciate every piece of chicken I you guess. ever ate from now on. I don't know. Maybe I'd go all vegan and nuts and berries. I don't know. Jeez, not even, not even. You're a meat eater. I can see that right now. I do. I'm the girl that does not order a salad. I'm like, I'll have the steak and potatoes. Do you want a side salad? Say that again. I'll kill you. (laughs) Whenever somebody does it, I'm like, wimp. Like, you know, whatever. I know you eat steak and on the side. Anyway, okay, we'll be right back. I want to play a little Paul Paul Harvey for you. Let's end the Friday on a a Paul. I know, me too. Me too. He's a great voice. Let's end end on a Paul Harvey note, shall we? And um, make sure you're also uh, sharing the show. I really appreciate you doing that. Um, are that we have record numbers right now because people are resonating with the truth and um, I'm appreciative of you sharing that. Be right back. Also, ivermectin questions and, and doctor questions, all those kinds of things, go to Susan at katedallyradio.com. Susan at katedallyradio.com. Um, I'll be right back. Hi, everybody. Go to the bottom of my homepage. You're going to see an ad for Z-Stack, Dr. Zelenko's new vitamin supplement that combines zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, and vitamin D. All of those things that we talk about on the show, he has combined them into one supplement. Dr. Zelenko is a board-certified physician in New York. He was the one that gave ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to Trump and told him about that, and he was really the guy that started the frontline doctors. Dr. Zelenko formulated the Support Your Immune Function supplement. Zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, and vitamin D. Take this every day. This is a great combination of a supplement that you can take of all the things we talk about on the show. This is an amazing product to keep you well and make sure that you go get this. This is also manufactured in the USA. Head and order this. Go to the bottom of my homepage at katedallyradio.com. Hi, this is Kate. Make sure and go to preparewithkate.com. Preparewithkate.com. You're going to get special deals from my Patriot Supply and a payment plan. Isn't that amazing? You can do this on payments, which makes it easier on the budget. But make sure you have a food supply. Make sure you're um, adding to that food supply. All you need to do is go to preparewithkate.com. Thanks, you guys. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Now then, what makes a nation strong? Taxes? (laughs) There's nothing new about those either. The first income tax was paid by Abraham was written on a rock by the hand of divinity and handed to Moses at the top of Mount Sinai. And you might want to remember this. It was at the flat rate of 10%. It promised the wrath of God on anybody who tampered with or violated that law. Christ was born in Bethlehem because Joseph was on his way to pay his taxes. Joseph was a relatively well-to-do landowner of the house and lineage of David. 
Yet the taxes exacted by Caesar Augustus were so exorbitant that he didn't have enough money left over to employ a trusted messenger for the mission, so though his wife was great with child, he made the journey himself. And Christ was born in Bethlehem because Joseph was on his way to pay his taxes. And Christ was born in a manger because there was a housing shortage when he got there. Our problems are not new. At Runnymede, the Magna Carta was handed to King John on the end of a sword denying to royalty the right of unlimited taxation. Yet you know it was for us, the American people, to become the first in recorded history ever voluntarily to surrender our rights to private property? Oh, yes, we did. With an innocent-sounding constitutional amendment, the 16th, which says that Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived, and we forgot to put any limit on the extent to which we could tax ourselves. Conceivably, we could be taxed out of all private property. We could be taxed not 70%, 80%, 90%, but 100%. We could awaken one morning and find that the government owns the farm and the house and the car and has a mortgage on the church, legally. Historically, whenever any nation has taxed its people more than 25% of their national income, initiative was destroyed and that nation was headed for economic eclipse. Presently, the American people are being taxed 33% of their total income. History says we'll roll forward on momentum for a little while, but we'd better get some more gas in the tank pretty quick. You see, ours is not the first by George good government to arise on the world stage. There have been several. Rome, Spain, and Greece, and China, and each enjoyed about 150 years at its zenith. That's just about our time in the New World. And then each decayed away. Not one of them was ever destroyed by anybody else's marching legions. Each rotted away, morally, socially, culturally, economically, simultaneously. You know, one of the most cruel paradoxes of history is this. Because each was a good government, it bore bountiful fruit. And when it bore bountiful fruit, the people got fat. And when they got fat, they got lazy. And when they got lazy, they began to want to absolve themselves of personal responsibility and turn over to government to do for them things which traditionally they had been doing for themselves. At first, there appears to be nothing wrong asking government to perform some extra service for you, but if you ask government for extra services, government, in order to perform its increasing function, has to get bigger, right? And as government gets bigger, in order to support its increasing size, it has to what? Tax the individual more, so the individual gets littler. And to collect the increased taxes requires more tax collectors, so the government gets bigger, and in order to pay the additional tax collectors, it has to tax the individual more, so the government gets bigger, and the individual gets littler. And the government gets bigger, and the individual gets littler, until the government is all-powerful. The individual is hardly anything at all. The government is all-powerful. The people are cattle. Now, some believe that the need is for a vigorous, strong man to arise on the scene to regulate and regiment the affairs of men. Yet history tells us there have been several such. Once upon a time, there was a nation great and powerful and good. She was suffering from the aftermath of war, from a depression. And then came upon the scene a leader, an idealist, self-confident, intolerant of criticism. Wisely, he limited his early activities to combating the financial depression. Nobody could argue with that. But in a while, he began to regulate business and establish new rules to govern commerce and finance. Some of them in 
diametrical disagreement with the God-made laws of supply and demand, but anybody who disagreed with those new rules was promptly fired. The new leader saw that under the old system of free enterprise, landlords prospered, so he levied new taxes to take away their profits and destroy what he called the monopoly of capital. To please laborers, he controlled prices. To win the favor of the farmers, he gave them loans and subsidies. The national debt mounted alarmingly. Whenever anybody tried to tell him that governments, even as people, can go broke when they spend beyond their incomes, he said they just didn't understand deficit finance. Well, what do you say? Did he build on rock or on sand? I say on sand. For you see, this was the story of Emperor Tsu Tung Po, who led China to its doom more than a thousand years ago. I am satisfied with all my heart that if Uncle Sam ever does get whipped, here too, it will have been an inside job. It was internal decay, it was not external attack that destroyed the Roman Empire. Starting about 146 B.C., internal conditions in Rome were characterized by a welter of class wars and conflicts, street brawls, corrupt governors, lack of personal integrity and moral responsibility. About 290 years after Christ, a Roman emperor named Diocletian took over. He really grabbed the bull by the horns. He took over in a period of turmoil and severe depression. The first thing Diocletian did was call in the gold and close the banks and raise the taxes. He reduced the power of the Senate, delegated its power to a lot of little government bureaus. Do you know they even had a transportation act back there prescribing the fee required to rent one laden ass per mile? And at today's rate of exchange, it would have amounted to about one-eighth cent per mile which meant that in order to make a profit, a jackass would have to carry five passengers? That was simply beyond the capacity of the jackass. Diocletian put millions of people on the public payroll, but when this failed to do the job, the country was still in trouble. He asked more personal powers for himself. For a brief while, incidentally, they were standby powers, but then he used them all at once. He froze wages, he froze prices, he froze jobs, he stopped profits, he dictated to the farmer what he should plant, when and how he should sell it, and for how much, and he rationed food. And what happened? The labor market closed down. Incentive was gone. Farm life became dependent on bureaucratic red tape. Exorbitant taxes cost the farmer his land. He kept for himself only a small plot on which he might grow turnips for his family. He lost the rest of it to the state. And without food and with incentive gone, city life stagnated and declined. And Rome passed into what history has recorded as the Dark Ages, lasting a thousand years just by turning to the left the world has gone in circles a nation would evolve from a monarchy into an oligarchy from oligarchy to dictatorship from dictatorship to bureaucracy from bureaucracy to pure democracy where finally the people would cry out from the chaos and confusion of the streets oh please god give us a king and god would give them a king and they'd have a monarchy again and start the whole silly cycle anew now, either we will profit from the errors of their ways, or it follows as the night, the day, our children are going to have to relive the dark ages all over again. How come, after thousands of years of experiment, our new nation has come so far, so fast? All this in less than 200 years. What is the secret of our success? 
Well, I think it had to do with a basic American's creed. Perhaps it never passed the pioneer's lips in this form, but if it had, I think he would have said something like this. I believe in my God, in my country, and in myself. I know that sounds like a trite, too simple thing to say, and yet it's a rare man today who will dare to stand up and say, I believe in my God and my country and in myself, and in that order. When the early American pioneer first turned his eyes toward the West, there were only Indian trails or traces, as they were called, for him to follow through the wilderness. Do you know today you can roller skate from Miami to Seattle, from San Diego to Plymouth Rock? In this little bitty instant, as historical time has measured, our 7% of the Earth's population has come to possess more than half of all the world's good things. How come? Well, sir, when that early pioneer turned his eyes toward the West, he didn't demand that somebody else look after him. He didn't demand a free education. He didn't demand a guaranteed rocking chair at eventide. He didn't demand that somebody else take care of him if he got ill or got old. There was an old-fashioned philosophy in those days that a man was supposed to provide for his own and for his own future. He didn't demand a maximum amount of money for a minimum amount of work. Nor did he expect pay for no work at all. Come to think of it, he didn't demand anything. That hard-handed pioneer just looked out there at the rolling plains, stretching away to the tall green mountains, and then lifted his eyes to the blue skies and said, Thank you, God. Now I can take it from here. Now that spirit isn't dead in our country. It's dormant. It's been discredited in some circles, driven underground, but it isn't dead. It's just that a few seasons ago, politicians baiting their hooks with free barbecue and trading a Ponzi promise for votes, began telling us we don't want opportunity anymore, we want security. We don't want opportunity, they said, we want security. And they said it so often we came to believe them, we wanted security. And they gave us chains, and we were secure. Suddenly, with our constitutional guarantees depleted, with our national character eroding away, with our tax laws penalizing those who dare to prosper, with workers concentrating on how little they can get by with instead of how much they can produce, suddenly we looked overhead one day to discover that the first tin moon in space was a Russian accomplishment. That free men dragging their feet had been outdistanced by slave workers dragging their chains. And we were sore afraid. Perhaps this was a disguised blessing too. Maybe a dramatic accomplishment by this Cold War adversary was necessary to get us off our dead centers and back to work again. If we can revive in ourselves, then in our youth, something of that basic American's creed, the horizon has never ever been so limitless. For man stands now on the threshold of his highest adventure of all, his first faltering footsteps into space. Twenty years from today, half of the products you will be using in your everyday living aren't even in the dictionary yet. We've got it made. If we just keep on keeping on, we've got it made. And if we don't, we will follow those other great nation states of history into the graveyard of ignominious oblivion. History promises only this for certain. We will get exactly what we deserve. Wow. Wow, that's that Paul beautiful. Harvey, that Freedom to Chains. Freedom to Chains, 1965. Wow. Yeah.
Let's talk about looking in your crystal ball. Right I know, there. right? And he was right. Hello, Americans. Oh, this is that. Paul. He, uh, he was right about the products we're using weren't in the dictionary. He was right about uh, oh, so much. But he was right about the problems that we are incurring right now have mm-hmm. been had before. The we're, morality of the country. Yeah, everything goes that way. You know what I mean? Everything kind of cycles. And so that's why I'm saying, you know, we're going to have to go through a cycle. Not saying it's going to be easy, but it's just... It is a cycle. And so, you know, we can't, we can't just feel defeated. You got to fight for uh, everything and you've got to be able to look back and know that you fought for your own liberty. I mean, here we are taxing ourselves. We, we put the same Nimrods in, in Congress. We, we do all these things for ourselves. We mm-hmm. are getting what we deserve. Yeah. Yeah. We get exactly what we deserve. And what's funny is like we were mentioning is we pay all these road taxes and stuff like that, but then you pull up to a toll booth. Mm-hmm. And you're paying I know. again you're and right. again and again. And like he said, there's no limitation on the taxes. Mm-hmm. They never said you can never go more than 10%. Mm-hmm. God said 10%. Right. You know, yeah. and held, held to be paid if you yeah. didn't pay the 10%. Right. But what I love most of all is when he's talking about keep on to keep yeah. it on. Yep. And basically nowadays the biggest thing is showing up. Yeah. And that's part of keeping on. People don't show up. People don't keep going on. Yeah. And people don't. Back then, they didn't have the handout. And then you know, yeah. what he said about Rome, they started giving the handouts. Yeah. And then people, the incentive died. And none of them failed to a standing army. So true. It's I've, all inside. I play clips like that because I'm hoping that the the, the, the drive-bys, the people that would not, not normally listen to this show, would uh-huh. get a little history lesson. in, and yeah. Because it's how we think. It's how we think. It's in our perspective of things. And a lot of people, just like in the Depression, were pushing social socialism. And they're pushing it now. They're pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And and they don't understand that it just puts you in a vicious cycle. And, and uh, But we do do this to ourselves. And so we've got to fight our way out and uh and i just hope everybody just gets that same drive all the time that that drive to just keep moving forward and just keep fighting for our liberty because it's important and we're the last we're the only country on earth that has what we have so every reason to do that yeah you used to play a clip all the time the introduction mm-hmm. where the guy talked about making his bed in the morning oh yeah yeah and then yeah. At the, and no matter yeah, how it went bed. the rest of the day yeah. if it was a crappy day Boom. Yeah, at least you made your bed. You, you had a little bit bed. of success today. Right. And I think people just believe that there's just no more success. I know. And that's not true. It's not it true. It really though. isn't. It really isn't. Oh, you guys, have a great weekend. And uh, thanks, John the Wheelman. It was fun, Kate. It Thank you. Really I have to fun. do it more often. I always love it when he comes to visit the show. It's awesome. And uh, comes to co-host with me. And then, of course, be faithful, be fearless, share the podcast, and listen to him on a road trip. That's a great opportunity to listen yeah. if you're going on a road trip for Thanksgiving, too. I'll be back Monday and uh, with Uncle Milty and Dr. Duke Pesta. Everybody have a good one and a nice, nice couple of days. Just, you know, just to regroup, right? We need to regroup every week. Keep on keeping on. Weekend. Thanks, you guys.